It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome uh, to the 66 to 87 podcast. I'm Tom Reed, joined as always by Dave Molinari. A little bit later in the show, we will have Leah Hextall from ESPN. Also Ron Hextall's cousin for those of you who haven't been paying attention uh, this past year. But Leah's doing a great job on ESPN. We'll get her thoughts on, on the NHL hot stove and also the U.S.-Canada game, which is coming up Saturday. Uh, if you're listening to this, this podcast usually drops on saturday so hope you make a little bit of time to watch the u.s canada women play uh just a couple weeks after the olympics but dave the big news around here is the trade deadline coming up and three or four months ago i would have never thought that kasperi kapanen might be someone who could be dangled out there but uh as we have spoken to spoken about on several occasions in the last couple weeks his game just does not seem to find a bottom right now. And uh, going into Friday night's game, we are recording this on Friday morning. There was a chance he was going to be a healthy scratch. Yeah. And uh, you know, the reason you couldn't have imagined it three or four months ago is because you probably couldn't have imagined that he would play so poorly so often. Um, You know, he has truly played his way, you know, from a top six role, you know, to the very bottom, uh, of the lineup and, you know, quite possibly into the, the press box. Uh, I mean, it's really mystifying and I, I wish I could tell you why he's playing the way he is. Uh, even more so, I'd like to be able to sell the answer to that to the Penguins uh, because I'm sure they'd love to know, you know, what's going on and what's causing a guy who uh, has such a good shot and is such a good skater to, uh, to be so incredibly unproductive as, uh, as Kapanen is. And, you know, I'm, I'm also sure that the coaching staff is infuriated by the way that he, uh, when he carries the puck into the offensive zone, he almost invariably curls away from the net rather than driving to it. Um, That certainly isn't a way to uh, pile up points, but yeah, I mean, uh, He's, uh, you know, he's come by, he's come by his uh, current station in life, honestly. And, and I mean, Mike Sullivan has been more than gracious. Uh, there are probably other coaches around this league uh, that may have, we may have gotten to this sooner. Uh, 
I think of, you know, although, although John Tortorella is not in the league right now, I mean, John Tortorella never had a problem with scratching a player. He didn't care who, who it was. Uh, you can remember him scratching captains, some of his captains in games. Um, but it's, uh, it's just come to this point where, um, and it did, did Dave, it doesn't seem like, you know, we, we talk about on the, sh- the show a lot about Jason Zucker when, when he was going through his, his goal scoring drought or funks, but it, the, the work ethic was always there. And, and we've said this with Kapanen, if he is not scoring, if he's not getting on the score sheet, he's really not doing a whole lot. And uh, I was at practice on Thursday and they were asking what makes kind of a, a good, really good line mate for, for Gino. And he was like someone that goes to the net because Gino's such a good passer, go to the net with that speed. He will find you. And as you just alluded to, he's just playing so much on the periphery. Yeah. If uh, you know, it's a shame that, that Malkin isn't really effective at setting up guys who <laughs> curl to the right wing boards. Cause you know, it's always been a fault. Uh, Kapanen, in his game, Kapanen might be closing in on 50 this year. If, I, <laughs> yeah. if that were the case. Uh, no. And I mean, I, I can understand. I, I don't know that there's a one size fits all approach to struggling players. I mean, some guys respond to the carrot, some guys respond to the stick. Um, unfortunately, you know, to this point, uh, Kapanen hasn't responded to anything. And so, you know, if, uh, if sitting him, you know, becomes the, uh, the option of last resort, you know, I, I don't know that it's uh, inappropriate to exercise that option. Dave, and what's, what's, what's mystifying, I'm sure, and maddening for all involved, including Gappinen, was unlike Zucker, who, since he's been here, again, the, the work ethic is there, the, the strong play along the wall, all that stuff, but it just hasn't, it just hasn't worked for him goal scoring when he was healthy. This wasn't an issue with Kapanen last year. He showed nice chemistry uh, with with Malkin. Again, Malkin is really just getting back into the lineup. He's been back for a little while now, but it's just it's it doesn't seem like the same player. I know it's a, it's got to be a loss of confidence. Part of that has to be a loss of confidence. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'd be concerned if if Kapanen is has even a shred of confidence at this point. Uh, if so, he simply hasn't been paying attention to how he's been playing. Um, you know, at this point he should be, you know, second guessing his choice of careers, uh, based on his performance this season. Uh, I mean, that doesn't mean that he couldn't come out of it, whether it would be, uh, with the Penguins or if, if he needs a change of scenery. I mean, I don't see anything that, that suggests that that would be the case, but you know, it's always a possibility, um, but honestly, even though I'm sure the Penguins would be willing to part with him now, um, I don't know that there would be many, if any, takers out there. And if there would be, I really doubt that they'd be uh, willing to part with much in return. If, if they are, if Ron Hextall gets a call uh, from another GM who makes him a decent offer uh, for Kapanen, I suggest that he not let that GM off the phone until all the paperwork is official. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, I, but I, I do wonder, uh, as you present that uh, that scenario there, that maybe, maybe it just ends up being they they feel like they're just going to keep him 
You know, I just don't want to get this guy. This guy twice has cost them. I mean, a, a high draft pick, and then they they move him to Toronto, and then they they reacquire him. I mean, they've 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 put some assets into this kid. Uh, again, uh, this is this was Jim Rutherford on, on both of those occasions. So uh, this is not the Hextall Burke uh, administration, but this team has put some assets into the getting this kid here, and it just it has it has gone off the rails. Uh, something I have not seen where a guy that's had pretty decent success to play like this. Yeah, it hasn't just gone off the rails. It's gone off the rails, rolled down the hillside, and then <laughs> burst into flames. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's mind-boggling. I mean, I remember us talking before the start of the season, uh, and agreeing that he had the potential to be a real X factor. Uh, for this team, which for better or for worse, he probably has been. But I thought it wasn't out of the question that, uh, you know, he he could score 30 to 40 goals for them. I didn't think, you know, that would be, you know, outrageous, unthinkable production. But, you know, rather than 30 or 40, you might have to settle for something more in the three to four range, apparently. Is he here after March 21st? Your guess? <sighs> Uh, honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, I've had scouts tell me that they believe there would be a market for him simply because of his skating ability and his shot, that there would be a team willing to take on, to, uh, take a chance on him. Uh, even though, you know, the other teams scout the penguins, they, they see all that he has done or more to the point hasn't done this season. Um, so I, I, you know, I guess it might come down to what, what Hextall would be willing to accept and how much, uh, he would simply like to get the salary cap space that, uh, the Penguin could, could gain by getting him off the books. Um, yeah, maybe, I, I, maybe I, a prospect I, too, right? I mean, if you could, you could, if you get him off the books, it depends on what you're getting back. Maybe you try to get a prospect back too, or, 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 or a draft pick. Because uh, which is something that they're trying to build. Again, I don't know if you get all that plus a player that that may be too pie in the sky. But uh, maybe yeah, I mean the, the Penguins. We unless they do a 180 on their f- philosophy for this season, they seem intent on trying to put together a, a team that can contend for a Stanley Cup. And if you somehow could get a player who could contribute to that, you know, in, in a one for one deal for Kapanen. I think that would be more than enough of a return for the Penguins, you know, without getting into uh, other assets like draft choices or prospects. All right. We're just getting started here on the 66 to 87 podcast. When we come back, we're going to discuss again, once again, uh, you know, the, the future of, of the big three UFAs. Uh, Dave sat down and talked with uh, Brian Burke and uh, we'll have that and a lot more coming up uh, on the 66 to 87 podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee 
Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome back to the 66 to 87 podcast. And I hope everyone always gets a chance to read uh, DK Pittsburgh sports and particularly our Friday insider Uh, always has so many good uh, little observations some notes, some again, inside information from GMs and coaches in our three major sports teams here in Pittsburgh. Uh, Dave Molinari, uh, of course, is always on our show, wrote the lead this week. And it's it's a subject, Dave, that we have discussed. And it was kind of interesting to hear Brian Burke's kind of thought on these three UFAs, uh, three big UFAs, uh, Gino Malkin, Brian Rust, and Chris Letang. And, you know, they would like to keep all of them. It seems really hard to imagine at a going, it's probably impossible at a going rate that uh, they could keep uh, all of them if if they get fair market value. Uh, but then I thought it was very very interesting uh, the way that uh, Burke uh, referred to this by saying the fact of the matter is is some of the guys who stay is going is going to be based on who comes to the table first with sensible deals. So is. Uh, you know, if you line up first and, and you come in with a a reasonable or realistic or let's be honest, a hometown discount, there's a much greater chance you're going to continue to play with Sidney Crosby. Is that how you read that? Uh, yeah, I mean that's uh, I mean that's pretty clearly what uh, the point he was he was trying to make. Um, obviously, the the Penguins have virtually no leverage. You know, in in the negotiations yeah. w- with those three guys, uh, you know, whether they get any or highly unlikely, all of them to return will be will be based, you know, in in large part on the individual player's desire to stick with this franchise. Um, you know, uh, and you know, so I I think. Brian was simply making public something, uh, you know, something that has been expressed to the agents uh, long before this, that, you know, there's only so much money to go around. And and if you want to get it here, you know, you should act quickly and, you know, be willing to uh, perhaps lower the bar a bit. 
whether yeah. you know whether that will have any impact on on any of those three uh, i i think is uh far from certain yeah and now in, in, in other teams we've seen at times right before a trade deadline. Now, I don't think any of these guys can obviously be moved as UFAs, which is the case with some teams. They do move their UFAs, obviously. That's, those are the, 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 the prime rentals. Um, you do see teams sign those guys right before the, the deadline, thinking back to Chris Kreider a couple of years ago. But I do wonder, Dave, do you think that 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 from the players' perspective, and maybe you know both sides, but from the players' perspective, they want to maybe take one last look, see at what goes on in the playoffs this year. This is a team that obviously continues to make the playoffs. We always talk about them as being a really good regular season team. They fought 15, 16 years in the playoffs. But if they go out again early, and when I when I think of early, I think of the first or second round. Do you think that some of these guys thinking? there's there's just no what, what's the point here i guess if, if 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 it's truly about money and it's truly about trying to win you're not going to get top dollar here because of their their, their the contract situation and you start to wonder what's going to change next year if, if i want to win i might have to go somewhere else is that fair uh yeah i, I mean i i it's it's kind of hard to argue although i mean a lot of times it, you know, the uh, going to a place there or being in a place where you want to win and being in a place uh, where you want to maximize your income, the, you know, that's not necessarily the same place all of the time. Right. Um, so, I, you know, I guess the individual would have to decide what really mattered to him. And, and in at least one case, you know, with uh, Latang. Yep. It seems like he uh, might well have an opportunity to uh, play in his hometown of Montreal uh, under a GM who, until a short time ago, was his agent. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you get variables like that into the mix, and that can certainly influence a guy's uh, decision-making process, too. Um, uh, you know, of, of the three at this point, and obviously things can change radically. Um, I, I I would say Latang appears to be the one least likely to uh, resign. Mm -hmm. I think there's a pretty good chance that Malkin will stay, uh, even if it entails, you know, a uh, something of a reduction in pay. And I think, um, you know, the chances of Rust staying, I think, will be enhanced if Latang leaves. Right. Uh, the, uh, you know, thus freeing up some money. And if, uh, you know, say Kapanen has departed in the interim, you know, that would free up even more money and make it uh, more feasible for, for Rust to stay. So. Yeah, that's where I go back with Kapanen. If if you wait into the offseason, even if you even if you don't move him at the deadline, if you if you if you move him in the summer for draft picks or prospects, you free up that money. And then as you mentioned, one of those three leave, then I think you can sell it as, yeah, not only are we signing two of these guys, but we have some money now that we can maybe go out and get somebody, right? To 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 help this team. Uh, the last couple of years, they've been so cap strapped and a, a lot of the teams that are on the league because of the pandemic and the, and the, and the salary cap number not going up. 
but that might be a way of selling it next year. Uh, if you bring back the big two and move some of these other guys, um, that's to me the the one way that you could sell this is there is a chance that this group, even as they get that the core gets older, uh, we finally have some money to play with and guys that might want to come in here and play with Crosby and Malkin at the end of their careers. Yeah, although it's worth mentioning that uh, Kapanen's contract is up after this season. He'll be a restricted free agent in the summer. Right. Assuming, assuming the Penguins don't sign him to a lucrative long-term deal in the next yeah. few weeks. Uh, which, you know, seems a bit shy of 50-50 at this point. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, ob- obviously having uh, having more cap space to work with uh, creates a lot more personnel possibilities for you. But, you know, in, in most cases, you know, creating that cap space comes with a little pain. If you, uh, if you uh, aren't paying Chris Letang's salary anymore, you're saving – over seven million dollars, uh, but you're also losing, you know, your right side defenseman on your number one pairing, and those uh, those aren't easy to come by. So it's uh, I you know I don't envy uh, Ron Hextall the the summer that he has ahead. It's going to be a uh, a busy and challenging one for him. Yeah. Before we get to the the summer, we do have the trade deadline. And in between, there's going to be a first round playoff series, which looking, even though Washington's starting to make a little bit of a push, there's going to be the Rangers and and the Penguins. And and I'm trying to think when the last the last podcast we did uh, was you know, a terrific game. I, th- I think we might have already covered this game. Uh, you know, the, the Penguins winning one, nothing Jari being really good, but great goaltending battle. But the, 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 the fact is that these teams are probably going to meet in the playoffs. And I think what's interesting, Dave is, is as they look around the league and looking for help, I think they have the same issues. They need wings. Both teams need wings. Uh, the, the, uh, here in Pittsburgh, we all know the, 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 the second line is an issue. We've just got to them talking about Kapanen being potentially scratched. Uh, they need help on the wing, I think. And when I look at the Rangers, they don't, they really don't have right wings. Uh, I mean, Dryden hunt playing in the, in the top six role is amazing. How, how bad they are that they really don't even have a third line. They just, it's kind of a holding cell for a couple of three guys that get sent out there. I think what's interesting though, is one team has all the uh, plenty of assets and plenty of money under the cap this year to make deadline moves. And the other team, we've just laid out the scenario where they really don't have a lot. Uh, I think it's that's a pretty interesting uh, factor going into that, the deadline and potentially into that series. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the more cap space you have, the more possibilities uh are out there for you to to make a move and you know the the penguins also you know don't have that many prospects of uh, of high value uh with which they could part um you know if i were uh shopping around uh for a top six winger or two right now i would certainly rather be in the rangers position than that of the penguins yeah and i i again i still think my 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 feeling all along on this has been this is a extremely would be an extremely winnable series 
for the Penguins. I think they match up well with the Rangers, if indeed that is. But the one caveat is I would want to see what the Rangers lineup looks like after after March 21st, if they can add some 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 of these forwards. And again, it's interesting when you look at some of the, the trade talk around the league, uh, their name and the Penguins' name are kind of attached to similar players and uh, what they're looking for. So I think that's going to be uh, real interesting to follow as we go into the deadline, which we will only have one more show uh, before that comes up. Uh, but uh, we will that will be wall-to-wall next week. Uh, trade Talk on 66 to 87 podcast. When we come back, we will be joined by ESPN's Leah Hextall. So stick with us. Back to the 66 to 87 podcast. Uh, as, as promised, we are joined by uh, Leah Hextall of ESPN. Um, uh, this week, I'm sure a lot of people were aware. It's international. This week was there was International Women's Day. Um, we of course have the big U.S. Canada hockey game coming up on Saturday, and within this whole week of this celebration of women. Uh, Sportsnet just came out with its most powerful t- 25 women in hockey, and our guest, Leah Hextall, is on there. Leah, see what happens when you're on the 66 to 87 podcast. You zoom right up the rankings. I, I fully credit it to that fact. <laughs> and, you know, that that's why I managed to squeak my way in there. Yes, absolutely. No, honestly, just uh, an incredible list of women that I'm not quite sure I deserve to be a part of, but I'll take it any day of the week. <laughs> uh, Leah, the, one of the things that it's interesting – I started talking to you when your cousin, uh, Ron Hextall, was named as GM, and we knew how hard you were working to get into this business. Kind of, you 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 work in the communications business, a broadcaster. You've done hockey games, but you were hoping to kind of kind of step up to the next echelon, be a play-by-play person, be just involved in NHL games. Can you? This last year has to have been a whirlwind for you. It, it definitely has. And, you know, one of the last times we spoke was after I did the 5 OT game uh, in the <laughs> regional, the NCAA regional last spring, which unfortunately I'm not going to be able to be a part of this year because I'm calling in the National Hockey League, which when I even say that is absolutely incredible that it's been a year's time. And here I am calling full time in the NHL and getting set for the stretch run here in a very condensed year and getting excited about the playoffs. But um, it's been a lot of work, but it's it's been an amazing experience as well. I'm sitting to you, talking to you right now in the Minneapolis airport coming from Detroit, where I called a wild game between Detroit and the wild last night. Um, and the fact is, is that sometimes I can't believe it. I'm on the road. This is day 17 of 19 for me. I've been home for 38 hours in that time, but that's the life now. And uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. And I'm just really thankful for the opportunity. And, you know, honestly, Tom, everybody has their opinion about what I'm doing and I know that I'm developing right in front of people on a national stage, but I'm okay with taking the bullets because I can feel myself getting better every single game I do. And, and that's what it's all about was getting those reps. And now I'm fortunate to have them. There you go. Uh, Leo, uh, how much have you seen the Penguins this season and what do you make of them to this point? 
Well, I think the fact is with the Penguins is I've called them a couple times this year. And whenever you have those staples in the lineup, being Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang, you know that this is going to be a team that's always going to be looking to compete. But you just look at the swing that they just did. And it's now, you know, death row when you talk about Carolina, Tampa and Florida. It used to be where players would pack their sunscreen and head to the beach. But now, you know, it's kind of like how California was a few years back. And it's such a tough spread. And what they were able to do there, yeah, they lost. Carolina game in overtime but I mean they picked up points against Tampa and then just lost to Florida and I just called Florida the other night they're hanging six goals a game usually right now this we're talking about an incredible team down there so the fact that the Penguins are being able to compete with the upper echelon of the NHL this is a team that has the ability to make some noise in the playoffs now do I think that they're going to be able to win a Stanley Cup? I don't think they're there. Um, whether or not they bring in pieces at the trade deadline, I'm not sure even if that would put them there just because of the talent we're talking about. But the fact is, is that they are still competing. And it's going to be interesting because, you know, father time is always the champion. And not to say that Sidney Crosby or Malkin or Latang are out of it, but they've got some decisions to make in Pittsburgh. So, um, it, you know, I don't want to say that they have to go for it and like get it done this year because I don't think the window's closed. But I have a feeling that it, it's starting to shorten because they're also looking to rebuild, but there's a lot of talent there. And, you know, you look at the seasons that Brian Russ is having as well. And, you know, we'll see. And Gensel, I mean, they're all playing really well right now. They have the ability to do some damage and uh, I, I wouldn't take them lightly if they were my playoff opponent. Leah, we're, we're recording this on a Friday, uh, a, a night where the uh, Golden Knights are, are coming into town here in, yeah. in, uh, in, in, in Pittsburgh and uh, boy, when they made the, the Jack Eichel trade and the, the thought was that if Jack Eichel can get back in play, wow, this team is this team is they're going to be unbelievable to watch. But as, as we're sitting here doing this recording, they are they are kind of dangling there uh, near the bottom of the of the above just above the ball playoff bar. And they have issues now in goal with Robin Leonard. Uh, your thoughts on what has kind of not maybe gone as according to plan with them? Listen, I mean, I think this just shows us how strong Tampa was that they could put a player like Nikita Kucherov and yes, he was injured and they put him on LTIR and maybe he sat there for longer than he needed to, but they were still able to dominate and they finished last year at the top of the standings. But the Golden Knights are learning that perhaps we can't do that. Perhaps we can't make room for Jack Eichel by putting Mark Stone out, not to say that he's not injured, but you know, they're learning the hard way. And ever since December, they've been hovering around that 500 or below 500 mark. And that's just unacceptable for this franchise. We know how their ownership operates. We know how aggressive they have been since they've come into the league in 2017. But this is a team that is struggling right now. We were actually speaking about it after our game last night as we were having our little debrief beer. And I'll tell you, there was a lot of people sitting at our table at ESPN saying, could it be possible that Vegas doesn't make the playoffs? And that is actually a reality now. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> Leah, the uh, Eastern Conference playoff field is pretty much set. Obviously, you know, there's still a, a little bit of time, so things could change. But it, it seems like the, the top eight are set. Uh, you spoke uh, pretty highly there of uh, Carolina, Florida, and uh, Tampa. Is there anybody else in the East that has kind of impressed you who, who might be kind of a wild card in the playoffs? You know, I, I really feel like the New York Rangers, I saw them just a couple of weeks ago. I was doing a game at MSG and, you know, you look what's going on with their goaltending and, you know, they have a, a strong team there. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to overpower some of the teams you just mentioned, but, 
you know, I think that the Toronto Maple Leafs have a lot of the pieces, but unfortunately, look what's going on in their net right now. I mean, you see what Frederick Anderson is doing down in Carolina. He's third in wins right now in the NHL. And I know hindsight is 2020, but you got Jack Campbell, who's going to be out now for two weeks. You have to have an emergency call up on one of your prospects. And Eric Shelgren come in last night after Peter Morazic allows four goals on 12 shots against the Arizona Coyotes. And I'm not hitting against the Coyotes. I've called them a lot. I just called them and saw them put up nine against Detroit on Tuesday night, and they've won four in a row. But the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, this was a team in Toronto that I really thought might be able to have a year here. But once again, we're going back to goaltending. And I don't know if you guys have noticed it, but you guys, there was 19 games on Tuesday night. And it was seven plus goals on an average. I'm not sure what's going on with goaltending in this league right now. But if you've got a goalie, let's put it this way. You're going to do well in the playoffs because there's a lot of teams struggling right now with not even having what would be considered maybe a legit starter. Well, yeah, you, we know you do a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff, a lot of your games out west or in the Western Conference. Um you know, Colorado has it's it's been their time for a couple years now, and they've 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 had some playoff disappointments, uh, not quite making it. Your thoughts on is is this finally going to be the year uh, where Landis Gog and company uh, McKinnon finally get to the final? I I think so. I, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I just think it has to be their year. They are such a dominant team. And I mean, every, every strong team has a little bit of struggles. We're seeing it, you know, Minnesota's just getting off the schneid. Now they've, they're such a deep team and they've been so strong all season. Same thing with Colorado. They've had a blip here and there, but they just have so much talent and they are built to win a Stanley cup, not only talented, but as you guys know, when we get into the cup, it becomes that grind. You need teams that can grind another team down. You have to have a team that has a strong bottom six. That's what wins you championships because your top six tends to get a little muted and they have to find a way to break free offensively. And then they have the goaltending in net. I just think this team is so strong and I don't think they're done. I think they are going to make a move at the deadline because they know that this is the year. It is time for them. I fully expect them to be in the final. I can't say if they're going to win a cup, but I do expect Colorado to be there. Leah, for the uh, benefit of people who are listening to this before the U.S.-Canada game on, on Saturday, uh, what can they look forward to seeing, uh, those who would attend the game? And do you anticipate this having maybe a bit of a, a preseason or exhibition feel to it because they just played such a, uh, a high-stakes game in Beijing a few weeks ago? Well, I think, first of all, what people can expect is a Canada win. Um, so let's just put that <laughs> out there really quickly. Uh, no, um, you know what? Honestly, guys, I think that this is going to be a game. I, I've covered a lot of women's hockey. That's where I started my play-by-play career. I've called all of these ladies, and I will tell you right now that there will be no exhibition or preseason field to this game. Every time the women get an opportunity to play, they come out hard because unlike their male counterparts, they don't get to do this every day. They don't have a regular league to play in. So these type of games are so crucial to them. So they're going to come out and play this just like they pretty much would a gold medal game. So you can expect a high intensity, high octane game between these two teams that really do not like each other. And I have to say, I am so happy to see them take this outside of the Olympic bracket. So often the women's game, we see how highly rated it is in the Olympics. Everybody's 
paying attention. And then it just crashes because like I said, they don't have that opportunity to play in a league. So the fact is for to see us have this rivalry series after the fact, I hope it does what it should do and continues to bring these ladies to the forefront because there's so much talent on both of these teams between Canada and USA. It's the best women's hockey players in the world and some of the best hockey you're going to see, period. Leah, I want to we'll end on this and in a bit of a controversial note. It, it, it's I've seen this written a couple of places. So I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, I remember years ago, uh, this this same subject came up with women's softball in the sense that it was the U.S. and really nobody else, maybe Australia. Does this sport deserve to be in the Olympics because uh, it's it's only one or two countries that even have a chance? And now this that same sentiment has boiled up again with women's hockey because obviously the U.S. and Canada um, are so dominant. Now, I me personally, I don't ever remember hearing this about a male sport uh, when Russia was winning all the the, the gold medals in, in 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 hockey years ago. Your thoughts on 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 is there anything valid to that, or do you just think that there may be a, a double standard? Or your thoughts on 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 that criticism? No, it's a really good question. There was an article written up here in Canada during the Olympics when these women were playing their heart out after training for the last four years about it, and I thought it was grossly unfair. The fact is, is yes, we do see Canada and USA both in the final almost all the time, and people want to talk about parity. But here's the thing. The reason that you keep seeing these two countries in the final is because women's hockey does not have an NHL and a KHL for these other countries to develop. I mean, look at how international the National Hockey League is now. We have players from everywhere around the world, pretty much. And the women don't have that opportunity because there is no league. And if they want to see parity in the game and get these women a place to play all the time, get the NHL involved, stop saying you won't come in and do what the NBA did and get a WNHL. These women deserve a chance to play. And until that time comes, when you don't have consistent repetition and games to play, you're never going to see the women's game develop the way it should. And it's going to continue to be USA and Canada with a little bit of maybe fins here and there. But it's uh, to me, it's grossly unfair to say because the women are trying very hard to get the opportunity to grow their game so that there is more parity within it when it comes to the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, well, again, for, for those listening that didn't know the U.S. and Canada playing at PPG Paints Arena on Saturday, if you can't make it down, I believe, Dave, that's going to be on, on AT&T Sportsnet as well, which I think uh-huh. is pretty cool that they're, they're televising that game. Uh, so fans that can't get to the arena can, can watch it. Um, as always, Leah, we, we, we appreciate you. Uh, who knows what this second appearance on the 66 to 87 podcast <laughs> is going to lead next year at this time. I don't, you may be the commissioner. That's I, right. I, that's I, right. I don't know, but thanks for, as always, for the great information for Leah Hextall, for Dave Molinari. This is Tom Reed. We will see you next week on the 66 to 87 podcast.